Fantasy Sports Today. Welcome to Fantasy Sports Today. Mike Blue and Dave Martinez here on a Thursday. Getting you ready for the games ahead. Action tonight. Should be a barn burner in San Francisco. Can't wait for that one. Battle of the Bay. The teams are combined 2-13. and 13. This is like a, a little bit of a throwback Thursday night game, Dane, to when uh, people wanted them, the NFL to stop playing on Thursday night because the games were so terrible. We got a little bit of throwback. Uh, Carr versus Bethard. Not exactly how they drew it up uh, a few months ago. No Dane. Okay. So uh, Dane can't hear anything right now. We'll get him on in a second. So obviously we have the game tonight. Uh, it's Carr versus Bethard. Uh, and I'll get you the spread there in a second as well. That is currently San Francisco two-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, I know there's not much of a home field advantage there since Oakland is right nearby, but uh, I, I do find it curious because it means that Vegas at least slightly gives the Raiders the edge when it comes to uh, game action. So uh, the three-point bump for home field advantage does not apply here, I guess, to San Francisco. They, they like the car-led Raiders more than the San Francisco-led uh, Bethard-led 49ers. So Reality is, uh, we got that game going on tonight. We'll break it down uh, a little bit later. Dane and I didn't really get a chance to talk too much about the trade trades that went down uh, during the deadline. We obviously had a couple of big ones uh, on Tuesday. Uh, we expected that a few things would happen that were significant, and Golden Tate to the Eagles is certainly one of those. Um, Eagles really haven't played well at all this year. I think they're trying to stabilize that receiving core. They also need some stabilizing of the running back situation. they got a few different guys. Josh Adams, fairly popular on waiver wires uh, in the last couple of days. But uh, Golden Tate hopefully adding a little bit to uh, what they're trying to do in Philly. And it leaves Detroit with the two-man duo of Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay. I think you can expect a significant bump for those guys the rest of the way. Theo Riddick, I, I think, personally, also sees a bump, too. He has been injured, but we've said this before. When Riddick is out, it helps Golden Tate more than anything. So now with no Golden Tate around, when Riddick is on the field, you can suspect that he'll see a lot of those types of catches, The uh, maybe the first down throws, and maybe he sees an uptick. And I haven't found Riddick, obviously he's been injured, but I haven't found him to be terribly valuable even when he's been healthy this year. So this might help him a little bit as uh, Detroit – it tries to be stay more dedicated to a more balanced offense, but I think at the end of the day, they're still more comfortable throwing it. So um, that being said, we're going to take a look at uh, some waiver wires uh, that went down for me in some of my leagues yesterday. So, um, look, I, I've had a few teams. I've been, on the whole, pretty conservative this year when it comes to waiver wire pickups. A guy that I spent a lot of money on in some of my higher stakes leagues was Kiki Kuti, and that was about a month ago. And I've been hoping that he'd be valuable. Now I don't know what it's going to look like with Demarius Thomas in the mix, plus the fact that Kuti can't even stay on the field. Um, and he's a rookie. I, I, two things that I tend to shy away from are encapsulated in this one player an injured rookie wide receiver, an oft-injured rookie wide receiver, but uh, I guess somebody would try to tell me that the exception is the rule and that Odell Beckham was an oft-injured rookie or at least an injured rookie before he exploded on the scene. Now, Kuti's certainly not that guy, uh, and we'll see how it goes. But uh, I'll tell you exactly who what happened in a couple of my leagues last night. Uh, a lot of, lot of defenses shifting around, uh, as obviously upon a big bye week this week. Um. Yeah, six teams on a bye. Oh, so there you go. So Dave, yeah, brother okay, man. Good. Yeah, I'm happy to join. Good. I'm happy to join. Okay, good. I know you were talking about QT. It was interesting for yeah. me. I had people on social media, you know, early on Tuesday, trying to get ahead of the game, being like, "What's your waiver? What's your waiver priorities? Who should I draw?" And I was like, "Let's all wait for a second. The landscape will change at four o'clock, you know." And it certainly did, especially for I would say guys like Kiki QT and guys like Court and Sutton. Their outlook dramatically changed after the trade deadline. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, QT, I've been 
you know, I had been in on, and I'm telling people it just, you know, when he's healthy, he's going to be very valuable. But I, I just think it changes right. the dynamic there. I think they knew that they had a pro- once Will Fuller went down, and they knew they can't rely on Kuti, who really is a different type of receiver anyway. Sure, they needed to add somebody like Demarius Thomas. I think it's a good addition for them. I think it really helps Deshaun Watson, and I think while I don't normally aspire. To, um, subscribe to the theory that uh, this guy's in a better situation now and it'll work right away because wide receivers changing teams mid-season, that can be mm-hmm. a really difficult transition. I don't. I normally wouldn't expect big things from Demarius Thomas, but the way yeah. this team is structured and they kind of want two home run hitter wide receivers or home run hitting ability, I think this could be a good thing. I know Demarius Thomas isn't that guy. He's not taking the top off your defense, but Hopkins can do that a little bit. Yep. Maybe not in the same way that Fuller can. So I think this really is a good move for Demarius Thomas and the Texans in general. We saw success from Lamar Miller these last two weeks, but uh, clearly this team is built around Deshaun Watson being able to uh, move the vertical passing game. Yes, um, and I don't necessarily – I know Lamar Miller had a good last two weeks. I don't believe in it still. I think that what we saw last Thursday out of Houston was more a function of the bad Miami front seven. Yeah. You know, that also allowed 150-plus yards to carry on Johnson the previous week. You know, I think it's more – it was more that. I am actually very concerned. I think this uh, Houston-Denver game is very interesting this week. I think that the Texans' O-line, uh, you know, like they did not turn a corner last week by giving up zero sacks against Miami. And now they step up in pass rush class going against Von Miller and Nick Chubb. I mean, excuse me, and uh, Bradley Chubb. I really think this could revert right back to Deshaun Watson getting pressured on every play, getting sacked five times, and kind of undercutting their offense. Yeah. Uh, now, as, as you know, we have the game tonight. It's uh, yep. Oakland and Niners, and we'll break that down a little bit later. But what people should know is I, I feel like sometimes people are just starting to get into uh, setting their lineups as the Thursday night mm. game approaches. We do have six teams on by this week. Cardinals, Bengals, Colts, Jaguars, Giants, Eagles. So a lot of teams out there where people have been using their starting quarterbacks. Yeah. Uh, you know, we got Dalton and Luck and Wentz have been pretty, reg- yeah. pretty regular in people's starting lineups. So there, ha- there had to be a shift with some QBs. I- a couple of my leagues, I mean, every league where he was available, Ryan Fitzpatrick got picked up in the leagues that mm-hmm. I'm in. Uh, I really needed him in one. And right. I just missed out on a bidding war. Oof. So um, that was the Scott Fishbowl where we play Superflex. And I just have Brady coming up on a bye in a couple of weeks. Uh, and I will not have a second quarterback. I played without a second quarterback this past week when Matty Ice was on the bench. Right. And, I, and I won. But it's bringing my point totals down. And I'm starting to drop a little bit in that league. Uh, oh, so out of 900, you're not first anymore? You're more like 13th? I'm in 29th place, I believe. So, okay. uh, doing okay. still doing well. Joe Galena is in front of me uh, by about nine nice. spots. So, uh, another Roto expert doing pretty well. Uh, so, just trying to, you know, you just try to keep pacing as much as you can. And when you're missing out on the QB points in a given week, you can still win, but uh, you're really trying to rank as high as possible there. Give yourself some buys and all that kind of good stuff. So, um, uh, let's see some other guys and I'm looking at here. I mean, Josh Doxson, Rashad Penny got dropped. I mean, kickers moving around, defense is moving around. I picked up Cameron Brait uh, for us okay. and dropped Charles Clay. That's our team sure. that we share together. Uh, I know I didn't. Sure. I did it at like three in the morning when I woke up and for, realized that I had fallen asleep. Uh, after too much <laughs> candy and pizza, I had fallen asleep early and forgot to put in my waiver. Uh, Pickup, so I I really did it at like one thirty in the morning after I woke up, uh, so yeah. uh, so we have Cameron Brayton instead of Charles Clay. I felt like that was a better Fantastic. move with Fitz coming back and throwing the ball all over the place. I know Cameron Brayton was a dud in the first two weeks with Fitz, but he bounced back after that. And uh, I would prefer to have Cameron Brayton other than Charles Clay simply because we have no idea who's going to be a quarterback for the Bills. Derek Anderson yeah. is still in concussion protocol right now. Peterman will be the starter if. Anderson oh can't pass the concussion protocol with Matt Barkley, his backup. Right. And then the Bears will be a survivor pick for many people this week. No doubt. I don't think I use the Bears yet, so I, I should probably uh, – I don't care who's quarterback. Why would I care if Derek Anderson you or – You use the Bears. No. Nate Peterman didn't. is Me and Scott used the Bears last week. Me yeah. and Scott both used the Bears last week. You used Kansas City, just, so they're still available for you. I'll just, pencil them in for you Just now. put it in now, yeah. Just I mean, why, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Do I care if Derek Anderson or Nathan Peterman is QBing? Like, I don't think so. They're getting worse. 
I mean, would you lay the ten points though? Would you lay the ten point? Ten and a half now. Ten and a half now on the road. I know the Pats covered the other night, but that was not an easy cover. It was not. Trust me, that I was had a Bills sweat. plus thirteen and a half, and that was that pick six killed it for me. Yeah, but, yeah. that was a sweat. So, um, yeah, I, I, would I lay it? Um, that's a good question. Would I lay those points? And then in this game, also, I know you don't want to spend too much on this game, but like mm. I have, se- we're seeing something. I, I don't think I've seen in the NFL yet this year. Uh, blew it. The Tim total Buffalo. in this game is thirty-seven. The total is thirty-seven in this game. Well, that goes. That helps you with your theory about never taking an under for the rest of the year. You can I know. Go over, but there was thirty-one but, the other day. You know. But listen, the Pats. Right, the Pats and the the Bills was what twenty-four-six. That's thirty. And you got to figure the Bears. Uh, you got to figure the Bears have a better defense and a worse offense. So maybe it's lower than that. No, don't do it. Don't try to sell me on this under. I'm, no, I'm just passing. It. I'm passing. I'm not touching this one. You should. And tonight's game, I heard you say that you're passing on this one as well. I'm not. Yeah. I wouldn't get anywhere near this one. I'm not touching this one. I mean, it. The Niners really are. If it was right if now. Nick Mullins is the starting quarterback, if Nick Mullins starts for San Francisco, mm-hmm. then I'll take the three points in Oakland. Uh, okay. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I mean, Reuben Foster is out for San Francisco. They they really have had a ton of injuries, San Fran. But oh no, this is going to be one of those Thursday night clunkers. Yeah, I, t- I said it last hour. I think a, you know this is the game where we're going to have a random punt return for a touchdown decide the game. Yeah, I know. I'm, the, oh, the get back to the Fitz thing. I, I feel mm. like they could win a few games. I, I I don't I don't I hope they obviously <laughs> You're don't. You're scared about that. I am. Under, I know. I am. I wanted Jameis to stay in as long as possible. And throw a million interceptions. So, anyway, uh, let's see what else we got from. Oh, can I ask you one one quick thing yeah. about that Jameis thing that I yeah. mentioned last hour? I was on, I was you know watching some ESPN, and, and Steve Young had a, a theory that like John Fox and Lewis Riddick, who I know that you um, uh, appreciate, yeah. both were like, you know what, that's a good idea. The question is like, you know, we talked about this. Like the organization probably wants to learn about fits, but Dirk Cutter's trying to save his own bacon, right? Mm-hmm. With the win, what you can win now. Steve Young came out and said what he would do is he would actually name Jameis as the starter, but also tell Jameis, literally, like, first time you throw a pick, you're gone. You're getting pulled. It's like a reliever going out in the seventh for the first base runner, then he's pulled. You know, because A, you got to figure out what you find in Jameis. B, you put some pressure on Jameis to perform. C, Fitzmagic kind of does better in that, like, just coming on in mode instead of being the guy, you know, with that no pressure. He could be carefree. And uh, you try to then get the best play out of both of them. It is funny. And you still, like, put some pressure and find out about Jameis. So they would say they would do that for this week? They would do that? They said they would do that going forward, week to week. They would name Jameis the starter, but then, like, literally make it public that you throw a pick, you're coming out. I get the sense that that priority happened behind the scenes, not publicly. Like, hey, you got to take care of the football. And then he goes out there and he throws three more interceptions. And they're like, all right, like... You can't. You, you, you think he was on the short leash already last yeah. week? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't think. I mean, he's. Thrown I mean, he t- he's threw three ten picks. In, it wasn't that short. Yeah, yeah he's <laughs> exactly. He's thrown. Ten, he leads the league in interceptions, and he I know, hasn't and he's played, only played the whole like year. Three games, right? So <laughs> it's ridiculous. I think it's obviously. Uh, th- it is funny though. I didn't expect to. I didn't expect to waste the entire, or yeah, not sorry, waste the entire segment talking about fits, but it, it is interesting like how carefree he can play, right? He's like, right. all right, man, <laughs> I've made 40 million bucks. Like, what is anybody going to say? They're going to make fun of my right. beard. They're going to make fun of the <laughs> yeah. fact that I, I've started on seven different teams, the only guy ever right. to do I can so. wear like, Deshaun Jackson's tracksuit. It's all good. I do whatever I want. And, by the way, I went to <laughs> exactly. Harvard, so I'm smarter than all of you. <laughs> right. So, He's chill, like, word. It, like, he can just <laughs> play however the hell he wants to play. Like, oh, you're going to bench me again? Fine. I'll just cool. collect these checks until <laughs> right. he throws three get, more interceptions. And not get hurt. And then I'll come right. back. So... Um, he, it is a very interesting situation that he's in. I, I bet some guys, I bet very few guys have been as carefree as he can be right. playing at the position. It's probably why he's throwing the ball all over the place uh, fairly well. But what well we also too. know is he's not the long-term answer for Tampa, and there is a non-zero chance that Jameis still could be. Right. Agreed. Uh, I, I think they're just going to clean house. Which is why he's got it. Jameis has to get some snaps. <laughs> the rest of the year. Yeah. <laughs> like, what are you going to do? Go into the offseason not knowing? Yeah. Um, 
I think you already know. Don't you already know? You do already know, but when teams have invested their number one overall pick, Sunk they are cost, in denial for a while. Sunk cost. They're in denial for a little while. Yeah, hey, I get it, but it's four years in. What are we doing? I mean, the Dolphins still think Tannehill could be their guy. Yeah, and speaking of Tannehill, he he's out for this week. Brock Osweiler gave the starter. Yet Seamless again. transition. So uh, we're going to do some injuries, I guess, to update you all. Uh, I talked about the Derek Anderson thing. Uh, Cam Newton and Greg Olson were both limited in practice. Torrey Smith did not practice. So uh, for those of you that still own Torrey Smith, just keep in mind he may not play. Uh, Tannehill went through drills, but he's already been ruled out for Sunday. So Osweiler's in. Uh, Tyreek Hill practiced fully, so that's good. Uh, linebacker Justin Houston did not practice. He missed the last three games with a hamstring injury. I wouldn't expect him back. Khalil Mack and Allen Robinson did not participate in practice. Obviously, those are two to keep an eye on as we get to tomorrow and Saturday. It could be Sunday calls on both guys uh, if you're in IDP leagues for Mack and clearly Allen Robinson. Um, Eagles starting quarterback Jalen Mills dealing with a foot sprain. He's week to week. New York Jets wide receiver Quincy Anunua sat out practice. Uh, Stephon Diggs and Anthony Barr did not practice. But Diggs has been limited in practice and not in games. So uh, Dalvin Cook, cornerback Xavier Rhodes, and tackle Linval Joseph were all limited. Here we go again with the Dalvin Cook thing, Dane. It is a practicing on Wednesday. Let's see how it reacts and maybe come back. Now, the Vikes have a bye next week. So So uh, we know what they should do. Absolutely. It should be a situation where they rest him through the bye for the stretch run. But... They haven't really operated like that. They have been resting him in recent weeks, so we get that. Fournette and Cook, almost the same thing with this hamstring. It's just lingering for the entire season. I mean, it's 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 really hampered one of my teams. Uh, that team's still doing okay, but it's really hampered one of my teams. I just had Cook sitting there every week and not getting nothing out of him. Uh, Julian Good Edelman. Good thing I made the executive decision in our first round in our team to take Melvin Gordon instead of Lennon Fournette, huh? Absolutely. Absolutely. I also, Uh-oh. for the record, we screwed up on Gronk together. We did. And, we did. Absolutely. Uh, who was the second round pick that we got? AJ, was that? No. Michael I'm, Thomas. No, Michael oh, Thomas. Yeah, that was, was an easy there. one. That was an easy one. Uh, I did. I did. Uh, was very forceful about James Conner, so I feel like I also contributed. Yeah, to absolutely. As well. We have a sit-start question that I'd like to get into on our team. Uh, yeah, let's do it after, yeah, let's do it after cool. the break. So uh, Edelman didn't practice. Gronk and Whiteout, Josh Gordon were both limited. So I, I don't think anything's terribly wrong with Edelman. And Pierce said he's got an illness as well. So I, I mentioned that Ruben Foster is out. Jaquiski uh, Tart and safety Ant- Anton Exum will not play Thursday night. Bethard. Brita, Garcon, Richard Sherman, all questionable. Uh, Raiders tackle T.J. Clemens will not play. That's probably an upgrade to who's ever behind yeah. him. Guard, Kalecha, Assemble, and Darryl, cornerbacks Daryl Worley and Gary and Conley are all questionable. So those are the things you need to look at for tonight. Uh, we are... Um, yeah, we can... Well, why don't you set up the start-sit? Maybe we can talk about it after the break. Okay, it looks like, though, we ain't taking a break, baby. We're going Iron Man status uh, today, Blewett, because, yeah, that's what it looks like to me uh, because, you know, I mean, I haven't seen – I haven't been able to talk to you. You know, I didn't talk to you all day yesterday, so we got a lot to catch up on. All right, so it looks like we're making it happen. All right, All right, so So, that being said – Well, let me pause Hang on, let me pause right here. So uh, if you want to get in touch with us this morning – it's at FNTSY Radio. I'm at Mike Blewett. Dane is at Spittin' Speeds. Uh, we can take some calls in a little while, and I'll throw out the number when we do that. I, we may or may not be able to take calls. A little technical issue here. For those of you listening right. on TuneIn Radio, on iHeartRadio, uh, thanks for listening on the Fantasy Sports Radio app. We appreciate it. Uh, and before Dane gets to our start sick question, again, we'll take calls in about, about 15 minutes or so. Congratulations to the thousands of you who had a profitable MLB daily fantasy season in 2018 using the Daily Roto MLB DFS Optimizer. Now, halfway through the NFL season, DailyRoto.com's NFL Optimizer has already produced millions in winnings for its subscribers, including multiple winners in the hundreds of thousands and a $1 million winner. With the NBA in full swing, the DailyRoto.com NBA Lineup Optimizer is now available, and subscribers are crushing on a nightly basis there. If you're hooked, you can now buy the DailyRoto.com Elite Package, giving you access year-round to the suite of successful tools and projections that DailyRoto.com subscribers have been using to print money in NFL, NBA, NHL, MLB, and PGA Daily Fantasy. So when you signed up, 
when you sign up for the Elite Package, you'll get the new NFL betting tools that we've rolled out, including against the spread, money line, game totals, and player props. So head on over to DailyRoto.com, click on Go Premium, and check out what the Elite Package has to offer. If you don't have a problem with winning money year-round, you're going to love it. Enter the promo code FNTSY for a special discount and start winning today. So here we go. Uh, what do you got? What's our start-sit question that we want to do? Yeah, so listen, here's my question for you. I think we're fine at most spots, obviously. You know, we're so good we don't have that many decisions to make. But one that I think is interesting (laughs) is uh, we've had Tyler Gabriel in in our lineup as our wideout for the last few weeks. We've lost two in a row, by the way. Don't start uh, talking about it. We have. We have. We have. You know, we've had some injuries and some buys. The Gronk injury really hurt us. You know, I I still think that, you know, on a – playoff kind of week when there's no buys where we can put our best lineup out there. I still think we're going to be just fine, Blue. Yeah. But we have Tyler Gabriel in there right now as our third wide receiver along yeah. with Michael Thomas and Manny Sanders. Yeah. My question for you is um, should we go elsewhere at wideout? Specifically, I throw out two candidates. One would be everyone's darling this week, Cortland Sutton. My concern on that would be we've already got Manny Sanders in. Is that Tupac committed with the Denver offense? But the other option, and where I think I may be leaning right now, is Randall Cobb, who is back in Green Bay, who we expect to have a kind of shootout kind of game with New England, a back-and-forth kind of game. Um, I think I'm leaning to put Cobb in our lineup over Gabriel. What say you, my friend? Um... I think it's a legit debate. I, I I do get a little worried about the and when I was looking over the lineups last night, I I didn't put Sutton in in his place because of that. Uh right. I'm gonna be a little concerned. Brandon Murchison has Sutton as wide receiver twenty seven. Yeah. Uh Brandon Murchison has Cobb and has Gabriel and Cobb literally back to back. Gabriel at thirty seven, Cobb is thirty eight. That's Brandon Murchison's ranks. He would have just by the ranks Sutton. But that would mean we were going uh, with doubling down on Broncos wideouts. But yeah. he literally has Gabriel and Cobb back to back, thirty-seven and thirty-eight, and the consensus have him back to back at thirty-six and thirty-seven. At the end of the day, you really should just go with what you feel is going to be the best projected player, and if that's Sutton, so be it. Um, but I'm just going to keep taking a look at things through the weekend. As of right yeah. now, my lean is Gabriel, but I I think I can be convinced more about. Sutton than I can Cobb at this point. Cobb just really like. Do you think? What do you think? Cobb is there's an uptick because Montgomery is gone. No, I think that the I, I look at the total for the Packers Patriots game and that total is fifty six and a half. Then I look at Bears Buffalo. Patch just lost Eric total, Rowe. Patch just lost Eric Rowe for the season two. One of their corners. So well, there uh, you go. They're, they're and this Bills deeper. this Bills Bears game, the over under is thirty seven. That's what's going for me. That's what's making me lean Cobb over Gabriel. You know, Vegas expects twenty more points in that game. Um, that's the big factor to me. I think this Packers-Patriots game is going to be built as a Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Hall of Fame shootout. And I think uh, if Cobb is healthy, he will be a portion of that for the Packers. Um, and, you know, Gabriel, they may have Allen Robinson coming back. I just don't – I just I, – I, it just seems like a, an ugly kind of game where I think this Sunday night game, like, the production will be there. Yeah, Pats are another uh, national television game. So, um yeah. They're going for their 10th consecutive home win in New England. 324 yards last week. I'm just looking at some of the other stats with yeah. these guys. Jamal Williams obviously had the rushing touchdown last week. Aaron Jones had 86 right, yeah. yards in her touchdown last week. Uh, Devontae Adams, 5 for 133. Um, let's see. Marquez, so there's another interesting component to the right. to the Packers' uh, passing offense. It's that Toronto Allison so they now nobody. Deep. Yeah. And Marquez right. Valdez-Scantley is getting targeted. A little bit more. I think Valdez Scantling is in the is like I think that's a fear for Allison owners. I don't think it's a fear for Cobb owners. Hmm. Well, clearly I'm lobbying for Cobb here. You are, but uh, I would say there's but, any doubt you are. But uh, you're right. So Edelman, uh, Edelman obviously had good numbers last week. He's 473 yards and a touchdown catch in his past six at home. So he's you know pretty consistent there. Um, Josh Gordon, you and I talked about the other day. I think we kind of know what his role is here. He's going to be the, the third, fourth target, really, in the yep. past game. Uh, I think yep. um, if you guess right on Gordon, on one of these games where he breaks out, 
kudos, but you're going right. to see a lot of four for 45s, that kind of range. Um, you know, four to six catches. I think they'll try and keep them in the mix and make them a distraction. Will he, could he tear the roof off the place in a playoff game? Yeah, conceivably, like Chris Hogan did a couple of years ago. I, I think that's possible, and we all know Chris Hogan, again, he's a he's a piece of the offense. He's not something that the offense goes through. So, um, yeah, interesting there. Um, I think that's a I pretty good debate. I think we also have interesting – I think we also have an interesting debate as our flex at running back. You know, obviously we're starting James Conner and Melvin Gordon, yeah. right? And we're happy to do so week to week. Right now we have uh, Mark Ingram in, yes, sir. right? There's, I think there's also, listen, Lat if Murray. there's no Dalvin Cook, if there's no Dalvin Cook, you know, Lat Murray has shown in the last, you know, few weeks with there's no Dalvin Cook there that it's viable. I mean... Listen, the man, the man the last three weeks against New Orleans, he had 20 points, okay? A touchdown, 56 yards and a touchdown, five catches. Previous week to that against the Jets, 22 points, two touchdowns on the ground. The week before that, 22 points, 155 yards and a touchdown. This guy, without Dalvin Cook, has been locked in for 20 points. Um, you know, we currently have Mark Ingram. They may have to throw the ball more to keep up with the Rams. We may see Kamara on the field more there. Daily Roto, not only, Daily Roto projections slightly have Ingram slightly in front of Murray, but uh, I mean they're ranked uh, almost right next to one another. Only Deion Lewis separates them, so uh, only about a half a point in projections. But uh, honestly, it's close, and I think you're right. I think we have a couple of debates uh, this weekend. We just need to get back on the winning side of things. So that's no why doubt, these no decisions doubt. feel like they're um, more important than they have been in other weeks. I personally, as you know, I think I lean to changing it and putting Cobb in for Gabriel. And I think personally I'm leaning towards Lat over Mark Ingram as well, but we could debate that rest of that, um, you know, over text for the rest of the week. I think we might have to cut Nelson Aguilar loose. I think he's – Yeah, with Golden Tate. Yeah, I, I, think, think, that's, we, we I dra- think that's fair. We well. drafted Nelson Aguilar and we've hung on to him. I probably haven't played him since like week two or three. Um, yeah, that's fair. So let's take a look at some other games. Obviously we just talked a little sure. bit about Packers, Pats. Right now that spread comes in at – uh, Pats are minus six, so it opened at seven. It's down. I'm I got it at, at five and a half. I'm looking at, at mybookie.ag. So I'm looking at Westgate right now. I'll go over to my bookie in a second yeah. to make sure that we're on the same page. But cool. um, New England at minus six right now. The total fifty-seven. So uh, obviously a high-scoring game expected, as you stated. And New England about a touchdown favorite. I'd feel comfortable enough laying the points in this one. Uh, I. It's a big one for Green Bay. I know they need this one, but I think the Pats are on the Patriots roll that I expected them to get on. It's when in my over-unders pool a couple couple of weeks ago, I really thought that the Pats would get on this roll, and I think they'll get over 11.5. But in my pool, it looked like one guy was in a really good position to go 4-0, and by doing that, the maximum I could get is three and a half. So I was really playing for the four and no. It's slightly right. arrogant way of playing, but at the same time, I'm trying to win. You know, I'm trying to avoid any kind of ties. So I, I'm still in play on all four of mine, even though the Pats are out of it. So um, I, I expect the Pats to to take care of business again. I, I, the Packers have just been in a rough stretch here. You know, they got to go to the Rams and to New England. That's a, that's a tough stretch, and I, yeah. <laughs> I don't expect them to come out of it. They battled well the other day. Uh, if Rodgers had gotten the ball back, I, I've right. given them a, a really good shot of a major And that's why Tom Montgomery goal. is no longer on the Packers. <laughs> he told him. They told him. Yeah. Take a knee. Take a knee. Yeah. 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 So, uh, what do you, I mean. What are you going to do? You tell the guys <laughs> You're going to trade them. That's what you're going to do. You're going to trade them away. In That's fact, what you're I was do. watching the games with uh, the guys here after the show the other day, and it was with Sam yeah. Barnes, who hosted the other day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're watching the Steelers game, and they safetyed uh, the Bengals. There's a holding in right. the end zone, and the free kick is a live ball. Oh, and right. Yeah, the Steelers yeah, yeah. let it go. Right. And like it was a punt. As if it was a punt. Uh Obviously, the Bengals pounced on it, recovered the ball, first down Bengals, and then they scored. It was a really ridiculous play. And I said to Sam and Cardano, like, that's a coaching issue. And Cardano, yeah. Cardano, Mike Cardano is saying, no, the guy let the ball go. He's got to know. And I'm like, it's a coaching problem. And Sam Carnes is like, jumps in. He goes, it's a coaching problem. You need to tell yeah. those guys. They got a huddle on the sideline before the free kick. Doesn't what matter. else are you telling them? 
<laughs> exactly right. It's like you ha- we have to feel this. It's not a punt, even though they're going to punt it. It's not a punt. Yeah. It's a live ball. So uh, same thing. And Tiger Montgomery was told. So I, just to give you a sense of what the Packers are looking at after this week, it's at New England now, then Miami, then at Seattle, at Minnesota. That's a really rough stretch. Coming out of the bye week, at L.A., at New England, Miami, then at Seattle, at Minnesota. That's their five games coming out of their bye yeah. week. They They're could gonna, go one and four in that stretch. They could, yes. They're going to hope to be like a two and three. Two and three, out. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> If I told the Packers fan they get two out of that stretch, I think they sign for it right now. Yeah, you, you know, the Miami be, and maybe at Seattle they get right. a W also. Right, so they'll be... Five, six, and one going Oof. into week thirteen. I mean, they're gonna. Oof. That's an uphill battle. It gets a lot easier after get that. But uh, nonetheless, uh, it's a tough stretch for them. So uh, let's look. Take a look at some. How about another spotlight game that we can take a look at? Uh, which sure. is the game that you're looking at the most? So what I'm intrigued by, and we've talked about a couple of them already. Blew it this week. There are four games that I'm looking at with a one point spread. That, you know, Vegas is really up in the air on. You know, Atlanta, Washington fits that category. Houston, Denver fits that category. We talk, uh, you know, Chargers, Seahawks, I think is a very intriguing game to me, fits that category. And then I've mentioned it with Scott. The undefeated Rams are underdogs in the Dome in New Orleans this week. I think all four of those games at one-point spreads are very interesting. Yeah. Uh, So let's talk about Rams-Saints. It's obviously a, a huge one. Yeah, uh, to your point, uh, it might be it might be like the America's America's game game of the week. Yeah, America's game of the week. I think so. so There's only uh, three games in the uh, late afternoon slate. It's them, the Chargers, Seahawks, which is not a game of the week. And unless they go with Texans, Broncos, it's got to be yeah, Rams. Saints. Uh, I feel pretty good about my guess there. Yeah. It's America's <laughs> game of the week. So these teams are combined fourteen and one. A far cry from tonight's uh, combination of two and thirteen. But. Uh, the Rams, at least on some level, now it's Aaron Rodgers, obviously, looked vulnerable. They gave up a lot on the ground, which is kind of surprising. But nothing really needs to be said about the Rams other than that. We're still monitoring Cooper Cup. Uh, it looks mm-hmm. like I don't know that a determination has been made for the game on Sunday. But No, they're saying he's trending in the right direction, yeah. but nothing official. I mean, if I'm them. I'm giving them one more week, but they might need every all hands on deck to go down to New Orleans and take that win. So Mark, Mark yeah. Ingram, to your point about our debate, he had 92 scrimmage yards last week. So he's he's continuing to produce. Obviously, Kamara had the two touchdowns as well. But uh, that is an interesting one. I would think my first, my gut reaction right now is this is where the Rams run ends. Uh, they looked yeah. a little vulnerable last week. Maybe they're getting a little tired. I, I don't know what it is, but... Uh, they didn't look good for a majority of the game. No credit, to, credit to Jared Goff, though. He really played a good game, come from behind win. There was a bunch of lead changes there in that game in the second half. He had 18 passing first downs. He had three touchdowns. I thought he played a really good game in a pressure-filled game to keep them undefeated and going up against Aaron Rodgers. I thought he did a great job for those. Corey Parson was somewhat tongue-in-cheek bashing Jared Goff on Monday morning calling him bus driver and saying he's just, you know, a product of the system and all that kind of stuff. Right. But realistically, Goff has had uh, an excellent season, and I was impressed with his game the other day. So right now I would, I would pick the Saints, though. I think this, the Rams yeah. may be running out of steam a little bit. I think this is very interesting. Also, note the total at 59.5. That one may creep up into the 60s as well, which I think is very interesting. We've been kind of monitoring that. Here's the way I feel about it, Mike. I don't think the Rams are going 16-0. That's right. Okay? You know, like, and if you, if you take that as, like, an assumption, right, if you, if you agree with me that that is true, then this week is as good of a week as any for them to get that loss. Like, you know, if I look at their schedule, right, and I look at the rest of their games, I mean, week 11 against Kansas City is obviously a place where they could lose. You know, you want to tell me one of their road kind of games later on in the year, maybe at Chicago trips them up, maybe they lay a stinker somewhere. But, like, if you don't think the Rams go 16-0, and if you think they will lose a game, you know, like how ESPN does, like, the win probability and all that stuff, mm-hmm. their win probability for this week has to be their lowest for the rest of the season, you know, because they host Kansas City that on a Monday night. So I, mean, I agree with you. Into, and look at it. Going into the going year, the this, was, this was their toughest game. Just looking yes. at the slate, 
you would have said. And I remember the three. Now, I also said there was that three-game road trip they just got done with at Seattle, at Denver, at San Francisco. Three games in a row. I thought that would be tough. But then, yeah, having to go to Green Bay, having Green Bay, and then at New Orleans, yeah. This is going to be the one, and Vegas thinks so too. I mean, they're, they're undefeated, yet they're underdogs in this game. Yeah, by the way, the Saints have won six games in a row. The only time they exactly. lost was that uh, shocker in week one against the Ryan Fitzpatrick-led Bucks. So, good one there. Looking forward to that. And honestly, also, That's an all-hands-on-deck kind of game. I think both, te- both of those teams almost every week, you're putting all-hands-on-deck, but it could mean some stuff for tertiary players like uh, Josh Reynolds and, and Traquan Smith in some of your deeper leagues. Those guys might be startable. And last thing, if the, Ra- if the Saints do win this game, they're the one seed in the NFC. You know, they'd both have one loss, and the, Ram- and the Saints would have the head-to-head on them. You know, and if the playoffs have to go through the Dome in New Orleans in the NFC, it could be very interesting for I would all love teams that. involved. I would love that. I mean, I, you know, I'm you sure know? pulling for – I'd be pulling for Breeze there so that he could win. and An MVP award and stuff? Yeah, yeah. he could win. I mean, he could win every award and then walk into the sunset the if he Bowl, wanted. Maybe, yeah. You know, he could Absolutely. call it quits 40 years old. So, I, I, certainly, it's been – Now we get the Teddy Bridgewater era. There we go. That was a nice, easy <laughs> transition. I don't know that Breeze would want to walk away, but it would be a nice, easy transition for him to do if it. If they won the Super Bowl, it would be a nice little open window to do that. Yeah, so, uh, so other games you talked about with only the one-point spread, the Houston-Denver game, Atlanta-Washington, uh, but – Really, as far as the other high-profile games this week, I do think that Pittsburgh-Baltimore is there as well. I think the Steelers are going to try to – I mean, they're in control of the division now as it is, but this would be a big one because you're putting Baltimore – this is exactly what I thought the Ravens would be. They'd have good weeks, bad weeks. Right now they're four and four. This is a big one for them to keep their head above water. If they, They could be at five and four. Bengals on a bye, and then the Steelers could drop to four, three, and one. So it muddies the waters a lot. But I would take the Baltimore Steelers. Baltimore much here. better at home. They Steelers are. not as great on the road. It's very true. Uh, and Vegas has Baltimore as a three-point favorite, two and a half <laughs> on my bookie. So which is yeah. a big difference. Yeah, I should, yeah, it really is. So I'm going to go to my bookie. So we're we're looking at the same odds. There. So, so good. I'm seeing it two and a half for the Ravens and forty-seven and a half as well. So my thought is generally. That yes, Baltimore could be tough at home. They could give Roethlisberger a hard time, like they did in their first meeting. But I don't know that Vegas has this one right um, because they're basically saying these teams are about even. But you're giving Baltimore the bump for being at home. Home field. Uh, I think the Steelers are a decent amount better than the Ravens on the whole, just top to bottom. I know they haven't played; they didn't play great at the beginning of the year defensively, but I, I think they're a little bit better. I would take the Steelers here. Uh, I'll take those points. I, I think they're going to get the win. Uh, I, I would be. It would surprise me if the Ravens swept them this year. But uh, so there you go. It's it's my take on the Steelers. I think you're out there with Brown and Connor and Juju and Ben, uh, Vance McDonald. Uh, I suppose as far as the Ravens, nah, six Raven. people on by. Yeah. You know, Ertz on a bye. Both Colts tight ends on That's a right. bye. I think you can roll with Vance. Yeah, Ertz is a bad one for me. I have to. I haven't even picked anybody yeah. up yet. I'm just waiting to see who's left of the streaming tight ends by the end of the week. Right. Who's not injured before I pick somebody up. So yeah. my my question to you is, from a Ravens standpoint right now, who do you feel comfortable starting? Um, good question. I believe that because six teams are on our bye, I believe Alex Collins is an RB2. I believe he's startable this week. Um, I would not go many other places, okay, because uh, I agree with you on this game. so difficult. Yeah. yeah. And, they're, they, and they, they, they throw the ball to like four different tight ends, Mike. Yeah. yeah. You know, <laughs> literally four. Okay, there's Mark Andrews, there's Hayden Hurst, there's Max Williams, and there's Nick Boyle. Literally four tight ends they could throw the ball to. Literally three running backs they can throw the ball to. Now with Ty Montgomery in there as well. And all these wide receivers, listen, John Brown was nice when he was scoring a touchdown four straight weeks earlier in the season. But Joe Flacco has come back down to earth. And in a corollary move, so has John Brown. We know Willie Sneed is kind of just like a safe floor, five for 52 kind of guy. And Crabtree hasn't really done much either and this is not the kind of fantasy herd that I want the shepherd of in Joe Flacco so my answer to you is really not a whole lot Um, and that goes into my game pick here as well Blewett I'm with you I like the Steelers I think that the Ravens 
kind of uh, started fast, but are now kind of collectively coming back down to earth, mostly because of Flacco and because no defense in the NFL is uh, trustable, shall we say. And I actually think the Pittsburgh Steelers, I actually think the they are, you know... <sighs> You know how people say the Patriots just take September, the first four games, as an extended preseason? Yeah. Now, I'm not saying the Steelers are doing the same thing, but it seems like they're just starting. They're, they're primed to like go from second to third gear right now. And so I think these are teams going in opposite directions. I like Pittsburgh in this one also. They're also missing one of the star players in the whole league. So that, that sure. can't be discounted. But, I mean, James, James Conner has been, been like RB5. So. Yeah, he's been great. So, uh, But I think from a – just the way they run their offense, I, I think they've had yeah. to make some adjustments uh, to that. So uh, so there you go. We'll break down more games tomorrow. I usually just like to take a look at a couple of high-profile ones and then the Thursday night game. Um, but we'll take, we're, we're going to line up some calls right now at 844-843-6879. That's 84FNTSY. Give us a call uh, if you have any questions. We'll take uh, two or three calls. But Ty Montgomery now in the mix in Baltimore, too. I don't know how that changes things with the Javorius Allen, Alex Collins thing. I, I don't expect much. I, I didn't expect much. Yeah. What is in Green Bay? I just think I Alex Collins, you know, you might get a touchdown out of him, so that makes him an RB2 or a back, especially with six teams on a bye. Got it. Uh, okay, so, uh, yeah, we'll take, we're going to take some calls right here. I think we got somebody. Yeah, okay. Uh, we Great. have a caller. What do you got for us? Hey, it's uh, Chris from Texas. Hey, Chris. Hi, how you What's doing? What's going on, Chris? Good. How are y'all? All right. Go ahead. I got a question for a sitter start for my flex in a PPR league. Sure. I've got Cohen, Eckler, Thompson, or Sutton. Um, that's the ultimate flex question. Cohen, yeah. Eckler, Thompson, or Cortland Sutton? Thompson, we don't know if he's going to be healthy or not. I think it's Cohen. Um, so I would, it, would, it wouldn't be him. For me, I was going to say, for me, it's either Cohen or Sutton. If you, if you believe that Sutton's breakout is right now, um, then I could understand that. But I think the safest play, especially because he said it's a PPR format, would be Tariq Cohen. Tariq Cohen all day on that one. That's a, yep. it's a good question. You, got, uh, you have a few decent options here, but uh, I'm going Tariq Cohen there. So Yeah, we agree. It's Cohen. Uh, so, Dane, just back to some of those transactions. We'll, we'll wrap it up with the Thursday sure. night game. If, if we haven't, thanks, Chris. Uh, so if we have any other um, – if we have any other calls, we'll take those as well. But just to wrap up on the waiver wires, there was a lot of kicker action and defense action because of those buys. But Cortland Sutton really was going away uh, the top ad in a lot of leagues. Will Fuller, the top drop. Obviously, he's on IR. Ryan Fitzpatrick, we saw a lot of action with him. Raheem Mostert getting dropped by a lot of people here. I'm looking at the Yahoo transaction trends. I think you're right on our team. Like, Aguilar is going to be get dropped a lot. Too. Yeah, yeah. Toronto Allison. Uh, he's bye bye. Ty Montgomery actually got picked up by some people as well. So um, I think maybe people are hoping that his fortune. Yeah, it's possible that Ty Montgomery takes over the Buck Allen role. It's possible that in three weeks or by your fantasy playoffs, Baltimore is a straight up like traditional timeshare with Alex Collins early and Ty Montgomery as the two-minute offense PPR kind of guy. Yeah. It's possible. So I understand taking the spec ad on Tymont in that way. Yeah. Marquez Valdez-Scanling, we talked about before, he got picked up a lot. Other guys, Kenyon Barner got dropped by a lot of people. Austin Hooper got picked up. Ed Dixon got picked up by a lot. Tyrell Williams hanging out there for the Chargers. So Carlos Hyde is on a bye this week, and people dumped him. And I'm in trouble now because I have, I have a lot of Carlos Hyde this year. And I think mm. it's toast. Like, I, I, I think his value is Yeah, because totally Big shot. Leonard comes back, right? Yeah. After the bye, we think? Yeah. So he probably is a cuttable player. I wouldn't do it unless you have a really good option because of Fournette's health. But right. uh, Carlos, I, I just smoked. As soon as that trade happened, I knew I was smoked in a couple yep. of leagues that he's just a droppable player. So I'm going to run thinner right. at running back. Um from here on out, just uh, that's the way it's going to go. I'm not going to find any re- to replace what his early season value is, but the reality is I knew exactly what that would be. I didn't expect him to get traded, but I knew he wasn't going to have a lot of value long term. We do have another call. We got Chris, who has a, in Chicago, I believe, and he's got a question about wide receivers and QBs. What do you got, Chris? Hey, what's up, guys? Um, actually, it's a flex question. Okay. Um, and 
who should I put in? Carry on, it's a PPR. Uh, I got Carry on Johnson in there, but I scooped up uh, Jones Jr. on Monday before the trade. Marvin um, Jones? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So you just want one of those two, one of those two Lions? Yep. Okay. Uh, Dane, what do you got? It's Carry on Johnson for me. Yeah. Carry on Johnson is the safer guy. You know, like when you're debating with a running back and a wide receiver, even in PPR formats, you know, the running back has more guaranteed touches. You know, think about it. Be- like uh, a normal day, right? Carry on Johnson's going to touch the ball roughly 20 times. Okay. Marvin Jones, you know, is going to catch the ball what, seven times you're excited about that, right? So the potential is there more for Kerryon Johnson. I also really believe we don't know about Theo Riddick, and we're starting to see Kerryon Johnson have a bigger role in the passing game. I actually think, obviously, Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay soak up some of the uh, Golden Tate opportunity, but I also believe... Um, I also really believe that Carryon Johnson might grow in the pass game a little bit as well. So the answer for me is Carryon Johnson, Mike. So I'm going to go with Dane to make it easy for you, but I will say this. Well, first of all, Dane, I got lucky the other day because of bye weeks. I had to play Marvin Jones. I haven't been playing him in one league, and he exploded for out. a huge game. That but worked out. <coughs> the, excuse me. The Daily Roto projections have all three of these guys right in a row and all mm. within seven hundredths of a point. So I think to so some extent... Go with your gut. <laughs> yeah. So Kerryon Johnson is in front, and okay. your your reasoning is correct. You go with the running back here, but I think it is indicative of maybe industry-wide, not confusion, but uncertainty as to exactly what these roles will be with Golden Tate out. We haven't really seen it without Golden Tate, and we'll see what it looks like going forward. But I I would bet on, of the three, I would bet on Kerryon Johnson this week and moving forward we'll see what happens on sunday so that we can get a better picture of it but uh, that's the deal right. uh we got one more Same call. thing in philly yeah we got with the offense you know agreed agreed i think we have to see what it looks like with golden tate in the mix now um who would you rather have golden tate or demarius thomas uh interesting Demarius Thomas, I think, just yeah. because it's more of a herd in Philly. Yeah, I right. Agree. In, yeah. in Houston, I know it's D Hop and going to be DT, in my opinion. Yeah. I think Kiki QT is, uh, you know, cast aside. Yeah, we got a call in Philly. Uh, what's uh, what do you got for us? Hey, what's going on, fellas? Kenny, how you guys? Hey, hey Kenny, what's Cowboy, up, man? how you feeling? How you doing, man? All right, all right. I'm in the league that I have Zeke White and Nick Chubb. Carlos Hyde is droppable. I'm glad you yeah. just mentioned him because he, he's probably oh, – another guy I got a question who's droppable um, is Chris Hogan now. Now that uh, – Hogan is droppable. But, Kenny, here's the only thing. With, with, with Hyde, real quick, you know, there is a non-zero chance that Fournette just, you know, gets banged up. They run him out there and he gets injured again or re-aggravates something. Like, I do think that there's the potential for that. And in that universe, Hyde is still usable. So I would – I don't know if i drop him just yet. You know, you want to see they, if Fournette's all the way back. Yeah, like Hyde could be just right. the last guy on your bench, right. Kenny, for now. Right. Right, but then he, even then, even in that, Yeldon to be more valuable than Hyde. I agree. I got Deion yeah, Lewis on the end of my bench. I, I, I might have Deion Lewis on the end of my bench. That's why I was saying I'm, I probably could drop Hyde. Sure, that would be better. I'd, I'd rather have Lewis, too. Yeah, I would, too. Absolutely. Right, yeah, I, what else I know you got to I know you got perfect time. I'll, I'll call you tomorrow with DFS. So all right, that's cool. all good. No, no, no. Go no, no, ahead, no, no. Kenny. What go you ahead, got? Kenny. We, got, we got a couple minutes. What you got? It's all good, baby. What you got? <laughs> I'm actually going to be targeting that uh, that, uh, that that Titans-Denver game near uh, their speed. Uh, I do agree with you. That's going to be probably an under-owned game, with the, uh, especially with my Saints and, uh, and Rams game yeah. there and, and, the, and the KC and Cleveland game. You know everybody's going to stack uh, KC right. or whatever. So, and I'm uh, thinking, listen, Cortland Sutton at 5,500 on FanDuel. That's ridiculous. Absolutely. These prices absolutely. came out before the trading deadline, people. Okay, so I got Cortland Sutton in my lineup at 5,500, and I got Kenny Galladay in my lineup at 6,200. If you're going to stack you know, that like, game, you have to stack it with Watson, obviously not with Keenum. Keenum would be the right. contrarian <laughs> play, but then you're, you're banking on Case Keenum, which you don't really like to do. Yeah, but there's That's still true. values here because, you know, pre-trade deadline prices. Totally true. So... Yeah. All right, Kenny. Well, uh, if you got anything else, let okay. us know. All right, fellas. All right. All right. So, uh, Sounds good, Kenny. I'll talk so, to you soon. Good stuff. So so yeah, let's so wrap it up with this uh, game tonight. <laughs> Man, yeah. What an absolute Am I correct that this game travesty. is not one of your three official picks or your yeah, official I don't want to get anywhere this near this Am thing. I correct? I don't want to get okay, any, anywhere enough. near it. I, I thought so. I just wanted to ask. <laughs> you know, like when you're talking about Nick Mullins, like. Yeah. 
you start throwing names like that around, which 99% of the football-watching audience don't even know who they are, like, we got problems. So, uh, Yeah, I mean, but it's not like we don't have problems with Jalen Richard and Rocky Mostart either. Agreed. Okay. Agreed. I, Dante look, Pettis, you know, and stuff like this. Yeah, I mean, I'm come not, on. Yeah, I'm not, look, I'm not, I'm not entirely <laughs> thrilled about this altogether. So, yeah. Uh, no, clearly we got uh, – so, yeah. So tonight is this game that it's, it's probably, as far as primetime games are concerned this year, maybe the least exciting. Color rush jerseys, seen. baby. Is oh, is need. it? Beautiful. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I'm just saying they need to because they got to add something to this, right? <laughs> yeah. Color rush seems to have gone the way of the Dodo. Some of those are pretty cool, but uh, I don't think they're doing that. That anymore. mustard-colored Jaguars one a few years back? Why not? <laughs> I say put them out there. Like, just for fun. You see it once a year. I Look, I have to watch those Steelers. And then bubble. they're on the concession stand. I had to watch those Steelers Bumblebee jerseys a million right. times. I can watch the, the all-black <laughs> ones. Prisoners. That, yeah. yeah the prisoners. Yeah. The all-black all color rush ones that they had were probably the nicest ones out there. So, all right, man. Well, we did it without commercial breaks. We got like a minute and a we half did. left. What knowledge do you want to drop on me? Any NFL news stories that you uh, feel excited about that you feel like? Oh, I got one to ask you. You, yeah. you know, we got the six teams on by. I was asking Scott about this real quick. Um, how do you handle buys, you know, like as your strategy? Do you plan for buys as early as the draft? Are you on no. some like, I'll cross that bridge when I get to it? More that. And I've also heard... Okay, but I've also I want to add option C. I had one or two people tell me that they swing the pendulum the exact other way, that they actually stack buys on purpose and then like punt that one week and then know they have no buy concerns the rest of the season. How do you feel about that? Um I think it's a I think it's an ineffective strategy because it means you're predicting okay. that all of your players will stay healthy as the bye week right. happens. We see this uh, it always gets jammed up and it means you also think you're drafting a perfect team that like I'll be fine to win the other twelve weeks. I'll just punt that one. It's like all right, well, right, and go twelve and Garoppolo, one. You're assuming you're going Garoppolo one, right? got hurt, and Ty Montgomery stinks, and this other guy that you drafted has to get cut. So, you know, if you're if you're really going in targeting that, I think you're actually hampering yourself to trying right. to pick certain players. You're going to influence yourself in a way that you don't need to be influenced. Like in the Scott Fishbowl League. I screwed myself. Like, I picked Tom Brady and Josh Allen as the third QB. They're both on bye week 11. Now, I don't know if Josh Allen was going to come back anyway, but I just got to deal with it. But you're starting to plan for your bye weeks. You said you're starting to plan for your bye weeks. So how how, how much time do you do? Two, three weeks. Two, three weeks. You know, I picked up some defenses and suffered through one one bad game as opposed to, uh, you know, waiting until after the bye week to do it. So... Anyway, that's it. We'll be come back tomorrow with Football Friday. It's Mike and Dane. We're out.